Hello, everyone. Welcome to Summit Church Fenton. I'm so glad you joined me today, and I look forward to sharing the Word of God with you. Two weeks ago, I began a series titled, Jesus, the Great Storyteller. And what, what we're doing is we're studying the parables of Jesus. And of course, a parable is a story. And it's, it's an it's a earthly, natural story that gives a spiritual or a heavenly meaning. And we can learn so much from Jesus's parables. Uh, we can learn how the kingdom of God operates. You know, many of Jesus's parables, he began by saying the kingdom of heaven is like unto. So we can learn a lot about how the kingdom of heaven, or you could say the kingdom of God operates by studying Jesus's parables. And, and again, a parable is, is a natural story, an earthly story, a natural story, a story that pertains to the natural realm that gives us insight into how the spiritual realm or, or the kingdom of God operates. And um, also, too, it's good to study Jesus's parables as I brought out in the first session. And by the way, if you missed uh, the last two sessions, you can go back into our archives and you can listen to those. And I would recommend that you do that. Uh, and particularly the, the first one where I gave some introductory things on parables. But also last week would be good to listen to that too because last week we began the parable of the sower. And I'm going to finish that and conclude that today. So it be, would be good if you heard the first part of it. So the second part today would, would be clearer to you. But, um, uh, but anyway... One of the reasons for studying parables uh, that I gave in that introductory session was uh, a prophet in the Old Testament said, the, Ho the Holy Spirit through one of the Old Testament prophets said, I will utter things kept secret from the foundation of the world through parables. Now let me say it actually how the prophet said it. He said, I'll, he, he said this of Jesus concerning Jesus. He said that Jesus would open his mouth in parables and utter things kept secret from the foundation of the world. So I'll tell you what, that in and of itself is, is, is enough reason to be studying the parables of the Lord Jesus Christ because we can learn things that had been kept secret, that you know, were kept secret from the foundation of the world. And uh, anyway, uh, we, we noted that as Jesus would uh, share parables, uh, there, there were times where uh, after he would give the parable, he would give the parable uh, typically to a, a, a large crowd, typically. And, uh, and then when the crowd would disperse, there were people who would stay around afterward, including his 12 disciples, not just the 12, but anyone who wanted to stay. I brought that out over the last couple of weeks. Anyone who wanted to stay could get in on Jesus's in-depth explanation of the parable after he would give it. And that happened on, on, on many, you know, many several occasions. And so, uh, you know, and I talked to you about the importance of being a stay after Christian. Now, if you don't know what that means, go back and you want to know what it means, go back into the last two sessions. And I spent some time on the blessings that come from being a stay after, stay after the service Christian. And it'd do you good. Go back and listen to what I said about it in the last two sessions and uh, be one of those. And I tell you what, uh, it, it, it brings great dividends of blessing uh, into your life. Anyway, with that being said, last week we started Jesus's uh, uh, parable of the sower. And it's the most basic parable that he gave. And he said, as I brought out last week, that if 
you can't understand the parable of the sower, you won't be able to understand any of the other parables. It's the most basic parable that he gave, and it is powerful and it is rich. And in that parable, and you can find it in uh, uh, Mark's account, Mark chapter 4, uh, Luke chapter 8, and Matthew the 13th chapter. So Matthew 13, Mark 4, and Luke chapter 8. And it's important that you read uh, the, uh, the account in Matthew, Mark, and Luke to get the full picture of what Jesus was saying. Uh, John did not give... Uh, this this parable so it's not in the the book of john but it's in matthew mark and luke and uh so we we started it last week most uh, uh most basic of jesus's parables and uh in mark the fourth chapter let me go ahead and read the parable the parable that he gave the story a parable is a story it's an it's a a story that it, it, it pertains to the natural realm but it carries great spiritual connotation to it. So let me read the parable again. Uh, In this parable, Jesus gives four types of people, four uh, uh, people types or four four groups of people that everyone falls in one of these four groups. And, uh, uh, and, and, uh, whoops, I just had a light go out on me, but that's all right. We'll, we'll continue on. I think we'll have enough light with, <laughs> without, uh, without the light that just went out. You may not be able to tell it where you are, but I could tell when that light went out. But uh, let, let's just move on. Trust you'll be able to see just fine. Oops, there it came back on. Wow, cool. <laughs> all right, who can say can't ever figure these kinds of things out, but we hope that stays on through the rest of the message. Hopefully the one on that side doesn't go out. Go out. If it does, I'm going to think somebody's playing tricks on me here. But anyway, so there's four, uh, four people types that Jesus gives in this parable. And, uh, uh, and so uh, just keep that in mind as we go. As I said last week, I began and we covered the first half of the parable. T- today we'll get the last half. We'll just see how far we, we get. But um, uh, in Mark, the fourth chapter, verse one, again, uh, Jesus began to teach by the sea. A great multitude was gathered to him. He got into a boat, sat, uh, on, he was in the boat out on the sea there, you know, and the whole multitude was on the land facing the sea. So the multitude's on the land. He's in the boat, pulled the boat out a little way from the shore and there he's teaching the people. And verse two, he taught them many things by parables again a a natural story that carries spiritual meaning and he said to them in his teaching listen behold the sower went out to sow and and we saw last week that the sower was the person preaching the word of god this parable doesn't have anything to do uh, directly with money so don't think that the sowing here has to do with money it's the sowing of the word of god the preacher is the sower and the seed is the word. We brought that out last week. And a sower went out to sow, and it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds of the air came and devoured it. And, and last week, when, we, when Jesus gave his in-depth explanation, because if you read on, you'll, you'll see the in-depth explanation that he gave to not only the 12 dis- disciples, the 12 apostles, but anybody who wanted to stay, 
He likened the birds of the, uh, anyone that wanted to stay after the service and get the in-depth explanation, uh, he likened the birds of the air here to the, to the devil. And he said that when, when the word goes forth, that the devil comes immediately to steal the word out of a person's heart. Uh, and, uh, and, it, and it, it's so true. And he, he brought out, as you read Matthew, Mark, and Luke's account of this, he brings out, he brought out, we looked at it last week, so this is just review, but bears repetition, that Satan cannot steal the word out of a person's heart if the person won't let him. In other words, if a person hears the word of God and, and, and you know, studies it, meditates on it, thinks about it, uh, uh, you know, inquires to f- learn more, uh, take notes, study the notes, those kinds of things, uh, endeavors to put that word into practice in their life, then the devil can't steal it. But it's the person who, uh, and, and these are what I call, well, what I call what the Bible calls wayside people. They, they hear the word of God and that's where it begins and that's where it ends. And they don't do anything beyond just sit and listen or just, just listen to the word of God and that's where it begins and that's where it ends. They don't do any more with it. And, uh, and the devil, like the, we see the birds of the air here, are, are symbolic in this in this parable because Jesus in the uh, explanation said, said that they were. Uh, and, and the devil comes, the birds of the air are like the devil, and just like the birds would go down and, and, and eat, eat those seeds and devour them up, the seeds that fell by the wayside. So the devil comes to a person that does, the, that when they hear the word of God, and that person is not going to do anything with that word, they're not going to think about it, study it, contemplate it, meditate on it. They're just going to hear it. And that's where it begins and that's where it ends. Then the devil comes and steals that word out of that person's heart. And these are, are those uh, by the wayside. And, um, I, you know, I in, in pastoring for three decades, uh, I have seen that again and again and again and again. And I would say, and sad to say that most Christians that I pastored over 30 years, and, and I, I think it's, it's from my study of it, as I've watched and observed not just my church, but many such, many, many such churches, many churches, that the, there's so many people, it's just so sad, but they come and they hear the word and thank God that they're there. Thank God they came. Thank God that they they're, they're at least they're there in church listening. But I guess I, it, you know, it goes in one ear and out the other. In other words, it, it's their own fault. It's their own fault. It's not that they can't understand it, but it's because they're going to do nothing with it. They're, they, many don't even bring their Bibles in any form, in a book, on a, on, a, on, a, on a phone, on a laptop. They don't bring the Bible. They don't look up scriptures when, when I ask them to turn. Even though we had the scriptures up on the screens, I would always invite people to turn. There's just something about turning in your, in your Bible or, or scrolling on your phone or whatever to find those scriptures. And, and, but most people don't do that. They, I say, I'm not going to take that back. Most people don't. They just sit there and they listen. Thank God they're there. Thank God they're listening. But they sit, they listen, 
They don't take notes. They don't underline in their Bible. They don't highlight anything. They, and, and when the sermon is done, you know, they're off talking to their friends and nothing wrong with that, but they don't give the word any more place in their life at all. And, and so they, they hear the word and the devil comes immediately and steals it. And they never, they never mature as Christians and they never produce any good fruit, you know. As far as spiritual fruit, uh, the fruit of the spirit, it never it never develops in their life, and they never grow up spiritually, and it's it's just very 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 sad. Um, but these are what you would call wayside; those by the wayside. And then the second group, where uh, notice here in verse five, some of the of the seed fell on stony ground. This is Mark four verse five. On stony ground. Then there's the stony ground people. So the first was a wayside and now the stony ground people. Uh, some fell on stony ground where it did not have much earth. And immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched. And because it had no root, because it had no root, it withered away. And of course, in the explanation, when Jesus explained it, it, he talked about these were the kind of people that would hear the word of God. They would immediately receive it with gladness and, and they'd actually start out, uh, uh, you know, doing the word and, and making an effort. But then when, when tribulation or persecution came along, it's like what, you know, that would be like when the sun was up. See how this natural story illustrates spiritual truth. You know, um, the, the, the word was sown into these people. They, they heard it and, uh, and, and immediately, immediately it sprang up. Immediately they, they received it with gladness and they'd hear, you know, they'd hear the pastor preach a message and they say, Oh yeah, who I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go with that. I'm going to do that. But then when the sun was up, and Jesus explained that. He said, when persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble or they, they give up and quit. And, and these are ones that are called the stony ground people. And this is all, all these, these different people groups. It's all a matter of the heart. They all, all four groups hear the same word. It's a matter of the heart and what you do with it. And so many just hear it. And that's where it begins and ends. And so the devil comes and steals the word away. And, 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 and that's, that's where it begins and that's where it ends. But you don't have to let the devil steal the word. If you'll do what we said, meditate and so forth on it, then, then he can't steal it. But then that's the wayside Christians. But the stony ground Christians are the ones who hear the word of God and they, they receive it with gladness immediately. Oh, yeah, yeah. They, you know, hallelujah, brother. I'm going to, pastor, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to run with that. But then it says right here, when the sun was up, it was scorched. When, and then Jesus said in the explanation, when things got tough or, the, or, or there was persecution because of the word's sake, they would essentially stumble or give up, get, give up and quit. And again, I've seen, <laughs> I tell you what I've seen, uh, <laughs> I've seen a lot of this over the years too. Just a whole, whole bunch of it where uh, people would hear me preach a message and they would say, oh, yeah, pastor, that is that. That's that. Yeah, that's, you know, they'd hear me teach something from the word of God. And they'd say, oh, yeah, I'm in. I'm all in. I'm 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 going to run with that. And they'll go for just a, a while, you know, a week, two, three weeks, whatever it is, a month, whatever. I don't know. And uh, and and 
you know, then then some some, some would get a little tough, get a little hard, and they just uh, they give up and quit. You know, uh, <laughs> I've had people over the years come to to Summit uh, Church, and first time visitors they'd come in. I had dozens and dozens and dozens of these, and I I, I have people they'd come, and they'd hear me preach a message. Or they'd hear me, uh, you know, well, they'd hear me preach that first message. And then I'd, I'd always greet at the door after the service. And they'd come up dozens of these over over 30 years. And they'd say, oh, Pastor Terry, oh, that was a great message. Oh, I'm looking for a church. And, 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 and you got, you know, you preach that message today. And I'm all in. This Summit Church is my church. This is where I'm going to be. And... And then they'll come back the next week and, 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 oh, you know, oh, it's, it, they'll come to me at the door again. Oh, this is, boy, I'm so glad this is my church. This, this is, boy, this is it. This is, this is my church. This, I just love your preaching. And we may go on for a while like that. But then, uh, <laughs> but then I would, uh, you know, when the sun was up, eventually I'd preach a message that the sun was up. I preached something from the word of God that they didn't like, that, that, that they didn't like, that just stepped on their toes, that they, you know, I didn't even know the people that well. You know, we're talking, you know, weeks or months where they've come, but they, but, and then <laughs> I preach one of those, the sun is up messages, you know, something about commitment or dedication or, you know, some or whatever, something that they didn't like, something that stepped on their toes, and and I mean, immediately they'd fall away. And what do you have? You got stony ground Christians because they had no root. They had no root in themselves. You know, I I I, uh, I, I think about a couple that we that it began attending our church just some a year or so before we went to virtual services. And they came and, oh man, they came, they said, oh, this is the greatest church. This is the most wonderful church, Summit Church. And, and they just started volunteering. <laughs> they volunteered for everything. This is a great thing. And then they do, they do whatever they, and I mean, lots of stuff. They volunteered. They went for just, just a little bit, you know, week, two, two, three, four weeks, whatever it was. And then I get, got a letter of resignation because something happened in that area where they volunteered that they, <laughs> it was too hard or they didn't like. And, and I get a letter of resignation and, and I got, a, I got a, I got a, like a stack of resignations. What are they there? Well, I'm not putting them down. I'm just trying to teach you their stony ground people, stony ground Christians. And I mean, they, they'd hear something and they'd receive it with gladness. Oh yeah, I'm all in. But then they do it for a while. And then something, something got a little hard. It wasn't just what, you know, <laughs> I'm not talking about one or two things. I'm talking a bunch of things and they'd resign. See, they had no root. There was no depth of root. They're not, these, not, not, there's no depth there. No depth. Jesus said that they had no root, no depth of root. They weren't rooted in the decision that they had made. Yet I think of other people that came to the church. I'm thinking of one fellow right now when we started the church many years ago, we met in a school. <laughs> Uh, and then we'd get bumped from that school when the janitors couldn't be there and we'd have to go, you know, elsewhere. I remember the first Christmas, the janitors couldn't come to Rockwood Summit High School because it was Christmas Day. So, uh, it was, uh, Sunday was Christmas Day. 
weekend, so the janitors wanted off, and you can't blame them. So we got bumped, and no other school you know, in the Rockwood District was available, so we wound up at the Stratford Inn over across from the Chrysler plant. And long story short, when we got there, <laughs> there uh, they put us in a, in a banquet room, uh, up upstairs, so we had to carry what little sound equipment we, we had up there. But that wasn't the problem. It was it was real cold outside. It was like maybe ten degrees. And I asked the guy, the the director there. I said, "Where's the heat?" And he said, "What?" I said, "The heat, <laughs> heat. We gotta have heat." He said, "Oh, oh, oh, yeah, heat." He, and what it was is they had baseboard heating, and it, it it didn't get turned on the night before. And you know, it's like nine o'clock. The service is at ten. He says, "What's well, going to take five or six hours for the room to warm up?" <laughs> well, we had service anyway. And I don't know. We probably had had you know fifteen twenty people there, but thank God they were there. It was Christmas Day, and uh, I remember the one guy came in. And uh, he had, he had his his top coat on and his scarf and his hat and him and his wife and, and they sat there and uh, and I mean it got a little rowdy there because we didn't have a children's church facility so some of the kids they were in the back and they were there were chairs there were all kinds of different chairs there were some chairs in there with wheels on them and some kids in the back we didn't really have ushers to keep really order so. <laughs> rolling up and down on the chairs in the back while I was preaching. And when I was preaching, you know, it was so cold in that room, you could see the, the steam coming out of my mouth, you know. <laughs> and this one guy, he was sitting there and I thought, oh my, you know, I don't think he's ever going to come back here ever again. And when I greeted him, greeted him at the door afterward and he walked out, I I thought I'm, I thought I, I thought I'm never going to see that guy again. <laughs> That's what I thought. You know, he was one of the best church members that I've ever had. He stayed with me from that day all the way till we went virtual. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful man. But you see, he had depth of root. He knew that's where God wanted him at, at Summit Church, and he stayed there for 27 years in person. Faithful, faithful, one of the best men that I've ever, best Christian men I've ever met. And, uh, I, I, you know, and I, had, I had several of these, but see, he had depth of root. And I remember another fella, we got bumped one time out of Rockwood Summit High School. We were meeting at Bowles Elementary on a Wednesday night in the cafeteria. I'm standing there and this guy comes in and he, I, I saw him there. He had been there like a couple of weeks before and he showed up on a Wednesday night at, at a, a totally different place. And I thought, well, you know, and he came in and when he came in, we had a, a sound wire from where I was preaching to the back at the sound area where we had the sound board. And he came in, he, he tripped over that wire and I, you know, he didn't fall, but he almost fell. And I thought, oh, probably never going to see that guy again, you know, because he did, he did look too happy about falling over that, but uh, that tripping over that cord. But you know what, this guy, he, uh, he, like the other one I told you about, he stayed with me for 27, just about 27 years, stayed with me right till we went virtual. See, he had depth of root, but, but so many Christians don't. They just, they, they'll hear something. So many of them, they'll just hear, they're, they're the wayside. They hear, that's where it begins, that's where it ends. And uh, the devil steals a word out of their hearts before it ever has time to develop. But then others will hear it, receive it with gladness. But then when the going gets tough, uh, they, you know, they, 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 excuse me, they give up and quit. And, uh, and, and so many have done that over the years. It's just, just oodles of people in these two classes. Anyway, let's go on now to the, uh, to the next group. The, the, uh, this is Mark four. So we've talked about the wayside 
We've talked about the stony ground. Now let's talk about this next one. Mark 4, verse 18. Now these are the ones sown among thorns. They're the ones who hear the word. Now Jesus talked about this. Let's, let's, I, I got to the explanation, but let's finish reading the parable itself. Mark 4, verse 7. And some seed fell among thorns. And the thorns grew up and choked it. And it yielded no crop. So now that was the parable. That was him giving the story. But now let's look at the explanation. And this is Mark 4.18. He says, these are the ones sown among thorns. Uh, They are the ones who hear the word and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things entering in choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. So again, the, the, the parable, the natural story, he says, some seed, and the seed is the word of God, fell among thorns. The thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. And here he says, the ones sown among thorns are the ones who hear the word, the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things entering in, entering in choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. Now, Matthew's account of this explanation, Matthew 13, 22, let's read that. Now, he who receives seed among the thorns is he who hears the word and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and he becomes unfruitful. See, it's not really, uh, see, Mark's account said it becomes unfruitful. Matthew's account says he becomes unfruitful. See, the word is fruitful. The word will always produce. But if someone is being choked by the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the desires of other things, then that, that, that word won't be fruitful in that person's life. That person will be uh, spiritually choked and unfruitful. Uh, in Luke's account, Luke 8, 14, Jesus said it this way. Now the ones that fell among thorns, or, or Luke puts it this way. Uh, now the ones that fell among thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out and are choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of life and bring no fruit to maturity. So that's Matthew, Mark, and Luke's account of this. But you think about back to Mark 4.19. We'll just use that account. He he talks about these thorns being the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things. And I tell you what, you know, I wish I had a dollar for every person that I found in each of these three groups. You know, I, I, I have a whole lot of money. <laughs> I tell you what, it, you know, and uh, uh, it's up to you what group of, of that you're in. You don't have to be a wayside Christian. You don't have to be a stony ground Christian. You don't have to be among thorns. It's up to you. But anyway, I wish, like I said, I wish I had a dollar for each person I've met over the years that fell into one of these three groups, I'd have a whole lot of money. But right here, the thorns are the cares of the world. Deceitfulness of riches, the desires for other things. Entering in, choke the word, it becomes unfruitful. There's no bearing of fruit. Cares of this world, deceitfulness of riches, the desires for other things. Now, the deceitfulness of riches, I'm... I'm not going to say a lot about that right now because several other parables talk about the deceitfulness of riches 
And so uh, in, in a few sessions down the road from here, whatever we get to it as the Holy Spirit leads, I'm going to take a, a session or two probably, maybe three sessions. We'll just see how it goes. And, 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 and camp on the deceitfulness of riches. It's so important that we get what Jesus has, has to say about the deceitfulness of riches and, and, and say some things about money and, and look at his other parables because he had several other parables that, ha- that deal with the deceitfulness of riches. So I'm not going to say much about it now, but I'm going to cover it in great length and depth and detail later in this series. But just know, and we'll come back and look at this at that time, uh, the deceitfulness of riches. You could be deceived by riches, absolutely. And it can cost you your eternal soul. It absolutely can. It's very, very serious. And, uh, and, 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 and uh, you know, I tell you what, if you're a born-again Christian, you know, you got, you got to be careful with money also. I mean, it can really rob you. Uh, of the of the blessings that God has for you, and I believe in prosperity. I believe in having financial blessing, absolutely. But you've got to be so careful with it, and, and we'll talk about it at great length later. It's going to be very important that you hear you hear it. What Jesus has to say about this subject in his other parables, but you realize the the deceitfulness of riches, it's a thorn. You got to watch it. Now, again, I believe in having money. I believe in, 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 in good down, uh, good measure, pressed down, shake it together, running over. I believe in God takes pleasure at the prosperity of his uh, prosperity of his servant. I believe that God will open the windows of heaven. If we'll be tithers and givers and he'll open the windows of heaven and pour us out blessing, we'll not have room enough to receive it. I believe in a God that will supply all our need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I'm that <laughs> light lights play with me again. I believe in financial prosperity. Absolutely do. But you got to be so careful because you could get deceived by money and it can really cost you. <laughs> it really cost you. But but yeah, I think about the rich young ruler, you know, he's just one example how how uh it, it you know, he was he, he, the, he, the Bible said he he didn't follow what Jesus told him to do because he had great possessions, but really we'll look at this later, but the great possessions had him. And we'll talk about we'll talk about that. I'll tell you I'll just say say this to you one way you can know if, if money's got a hold of you and possessions have a hold of you, is if God asks you, if he, if he speaks to your heart. I didn't say that the preacher told you to give something. I said if God speaks to your heart to give something away, and you, whether it's money or some possession, and you can't do it, then you don't have that money or that possession. It has you. I tell you, that was worth listening to me. For, it's worth listening to this message just to get that. I've said it many times, but it's, it bears repetition. So we'll say much about this later on. Be some rich things, rich things to say about money later on. But really, I'm, I'm not joking. It's very serious. But the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the desires for other things enter in. And it chokes the word desires for other things. My, 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 the cares of this world. You know, I think of a Bible character that the Apostle Paul wrote about. I believe it was in Second Timothy, the last letter that he penned right near the end. I guess it was pretty near the end of his life. And he talked about this man named Demas, who was a, a traveling companion, a, a fellow co-worker in the ministry with the Apostle Paul. And he said, Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. Now you think about that. He forsook the Apostle Paul because he loved the world. 
the things that the world had to offer. The Bible says all that's in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. I believe it says that in First John. But he, he loved the present world, Demas did, and he forsook Paul and, and the, the call of God that he had on his life and the plan that God had for him, he forsook that. He forsook Paul and he loved the present world and he went back off into the world. Well, he would be, a, that, see, it was a thorn. It choked. It choked him from being fruitful and doing all that he was supposed to do. Demas forsook him. I know pastoring again almost three decades, I have seen so, I have seen so much of this right here where I've watched people be choked by the cares of this world. I mean, by, by the deceitfulness of riches, the desires for other things. Oh my gosh, I learned a long time ago that so many Christians love so many other things more than they love Jesus. I tell you what, it's true. It's just the truth. And it was, I couldn't, what, the first years of ministry as a young pastor, when I, when I saw that, it shocked me. But I learned it. I, le- I learned it through years and year, decades of observation. So many Christians, I'm so many Christians, love other things far more than they love Jesus. I mean, they, 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 they love Jesus. I'll give them that. But they love other things a whole, whole lot more. Absolutely, absolutely the truth. And it's so sad. But you see, they're, and they're, and they're, they're, they never do produce fruit. They're choked by, by these things. But I tell you what. Uh, I, I had one lady when the American Idol came on back years ago, maybe way back. I believe it was on a Wednesday night where we had church service. I'll never forget it. She walked up to me and she said, oh, there's a new show come, come, has come on. It's on Wednesday nights, if I'm not mistaken. It's Wednesday nights. Wednesday, yeah, I know it was Wednesday because that was the night of our service, and <laughs> our midweek service. And she, oh, she said, uh, she came to me at the door. I was greeting at the door, greeting people as they went out after the service. And she said, oh, she said, you know, I've attended Wednesday nights all, all along here. But now, uh, and this was before you could DVR stuff, you know, tape it. And she said, my idol's on on Wednesday night. My idol's on. This was just how she did it. She said, my idol's on on Wednesday night, Pastor. And I cannot miss my idol. <laughs> and you know what? I never saw that lady again on Wednesday night. I never did. And sad to say she's been, she never has, I mean, she's a nice lady, but she's never produced all that God has wanted her. Not even close, always, always one, one catastrophe right after the other in her life over all these years. But she got her idol. She, she got that. And then I remember just some, just some, you pastor for 30 years, you get a lot of stories. I still pastor, but now it's virtually, you know, online. But I think, I think of the one lady, uh, there was one time the Cardinals, St. Louis Cardinals, and I'm a Cardinals fan. Absolutely. And have been since I've been, since I've been born, since I've been a little bitty baby, I've been a St. Louis Cardinals fan. Absolutely. But I love Jesus more than I love the Cardinals. Absolutely. And so, so back in that day, it just so happened that uh, the Cardinals was in the World Series and one of the games fell on a, a Wednesday night. And well, you know, I'm going to just go right on with the plan of God. And this was, this was, uh, b- before, well, actually, I think the DVRs were, it could have DVR'd it, but, but, uh, the people didn't want to see it on DVR. They want to see it as it was happening. And I remember this one lady, she came to me. She served in the church, her and her husband for years, but she came up to me. And I mean, she looked at me. I thought I was going to need my security team because, 
Uh, I wasn't calling off the service on Wednesday night. I was going to go out with the plan of God. And, you know, if you do what you want to do. If you want to stay home and watch that, that's fine. I'm not going to put you down. It's your choice. Live in America, free country, do what you want to do. And I'm not going to put you down, but, <laughs> but we were having service. And, uh, and she came up to me. She got right up in my face and she said, I want to tell you something right now. <laughs> I never seen her act quite like this toward me, but she said, she said, I'm speaking not only for me and my husband, but I'm speaking for many others in this church. <laughs> she said, we will not be here on Wednesday night. We are going to stay home and support our Cardinals. <laughs> yeah, I said, well, fine. I mean, if that's what you want to do, that's that, no, it's no harm, no foul. Do, do, do whatever, do whatever you got to do, you know. And I'd made no big deal about it. But I mean, she, boy, she flat told me. She flat told me how how she felt, you know, I was speaking not only for me and my husband, but for a lot of other people in this church. Well, you know, stay home. I watch the Cardinals. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go on with the plan of God. That doesn't mean I'm better or worse or anything else. It just, you know, it doesn't mean I'm better or you're worse. It just, that's what I did. And, and, and we didn't have very many people there that night, but I talked the word just like we did. And we went on down the road. <laughs> anyway, uh, and then <laughs> here, while I'm on it, let's just keep going. I remember the St. Louis Rams and, uh, and, and I was, you know, I was always, see, I'm for the Cardinals. I wanted the Cardinals to win. I just, I love Jesus more than the Cardinals just, you know, and, and, and the Rams. Uh, they came to St. Louis, you know, and I tell you what, the town was all astir. We had our football because we used to have the St. Louis football Cardinals and they left years ago. And then we finally got the Rams and everybody's all excited. And, and then the Rams got on a hot streak and they, and they went all the way uh, to the Super Bowl. And I tell you what, I mean, the talk on Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights was, I mean, uh, for every one time you'd hear the name Jesus, I mean, among the people, you'd hear the Rams probably 20. Rams this, Rams that, Rams, Rams that. And I understand the excitement. I was excited too, but it was getting out of hand and, and Rams, 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 and, and you know, <laughs> and it was just getting out of, getting out of hand. And, and I know what the Holy Spirit told me to do one time. <laughs> He told me, it just smoked in my heart, right on the inside. He, he, he said that when he get up to preach, just right on the inside, he standing right in front of this pulpit, church full of people. I don't know, a couple hundred people, 100, 185 people, I guess. You know, that's, that's, that's about what we had there, you know. And, uh, and, I, <laughs> and he said, tell him, he said that a lamb died on Calvary, not a ram. <laughs> I said, I, did. I obeyed him. I said, I got up there and said that. And I tell you, you talk about a lead balloon. You talk about, I mean, oh my gosh, that didn't go over too good. It's like the air sucked out of the room. And I, you know, Jesus, when he preached his first message, you know, there in Nazareth, I guess it was, the Bible says that they wouldn't, they, they actually took him out to the brow of the hill to throw him over. Well, they didn't take me out to the back of the building where there was a hill down into a detention basin and throw me over. But I, you can tell they want a lot of them wanted to, not all of them, a lot of them, because how dare I say that? But you know, it was the truth. 
And I tried to get them to, to see, hey, there's nothing wrong with being a Cardinals fan, nothing wrong with being a Rams fan. Let's just keep Jesus. Let, let's don't desire other things more than Jesus. That, that was what it was all about. Not, not that I'm against the Cardinals or against the Rams, but for, let's just keep Jesus ahead of all of that. That's, what I, that's where I always came from. But see, people misunderstood that. They thought I was against those things, and I'm not. I enjoyed the Cardinals and the Rams maybe as much as, as anybody else. But let's keep Jesus, let's keep Jesus first. And then all the years came and went. <laughs> and then the Rams eventually left St. Louis and went, I guess, out to California and kind of left the St. Louis football fans high and dry. And, and boy, I tell you what, the Rams were not popular when they left here at St. Louis. And, and I got up and I kind of had the last laugh, you know, there, so to speak, with the people. I kind of kind of kind of uh, 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 ribbed them a little bit and I said uh, got in the same pulpit and I said see I said uh, to him I said the lamb Jesus will never forsake you but the rams did that's why I told him I said the lamb will never leave you nor forsake you Jesus but the rams did <laughs> so I kind of had a little little stickle there but uh, but you know we need to keep Jesus first we should not let the cares of this world the deceitfulness of riches, the desires of other things enter in and choke the word. And and this desires for other things, I mean, it, I, I've already watched people where I've gone to. I remember I went to a, when the Rams were in a big game. I, I went to a party and had a church party, you know, where they're having a football party. I went to the party. So it's great. I enjoyed it. But I tell you what, I saw people there. And, and now they would never lift their hands in church. The Bible says lifting up hands without wrath and doubting, you know, and all of that, worshiping the Lord. Now, they'd never lift their hands or raise their voice in church to worship the Lord. But I saw some people <laughs> at a Rams, uh, at a, you know, another church member's house. I was invited over with my wife. We went, I watched some people. They wouldn't raise their voice to the Lord in church or raise your hands to the Lord in church. But you put them in front of a television set with the Rams going. I tell you what, some of those people who wouldn't raise their voice in church, they were screaming and yelling and dancing around when they're, I mean, they going on, you know, they wouldn't do that for Jesus. But they do it for the Rams. I mean, you know, let's, I enjoy the Rams. Let's enjoy Jesus more. What do you say? What do you say? And so, but I've watched so many people. I, I, I've watched people over the years that, and in the in 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 the last many years, used to be Sunday mornings, life out, you know, in the in the in the, in the land was deader than a doornail. It, it was shut down in honor of the Lord on Sunday mornings. But over the last many years, you can't tell the difference between Sunday morning and Saturday morning. And now, you know, over the last many years, they're having little league games on Sunday mornings. Now look. I'm not against Little League. I played in Little League. I'm all for Little League. I'm all for you having your kids involved with things. And, and you know what? Taking your kids. And if your kids have a game that falls on a Wednesday night when church is, go with your kids. You know, you can miss a service. Who, you know, we'll have another service next week. Be with your kids. And, you know, but, but here's the thing. You know, I can see Wednesday night and school events and you miss a service here and there on a Wednesday night. That's, you know, neither here, neither here nor there. But, but what I saw happening, it's still going on to the, to the present hour. It was right before we went virtual. I watched parents. It went to Sunday mornings and instead of them bringing their little kids to church on Sunday mornings, they're taking their kids to, uh, little league games on Sunday mornings. Now, Hey, if there's a makeup game here or there on a Sunday morning, it's, there's a makeup game. You miss a service. It's no big deal. But, but you see, 
what was, hap- what was happening, and it's still going on, is Sunday mornings now are, are being regularly scheduled by so many where parents are taking their kids on Sunday mornings <laughs> to the Little League instead of to the house of God to learn about Jesus. You know, and uh, it's just, I hope you get the spirit of what I'm saying here. I'm not against the Little League. I was, I played in Cory League. I was a sports enthusiast growing up. I played golf. I played tennis. I, I, you know, but you, we got to be careful about the desires for other things. Because I tell you what, it's a thorn, and if you're not careful, it can choke the Word of God. It's so easy to let something else become import, more important to you than Jesus. Learn a lesson from this parable and keep Jesus first. Enjoy the Rams. Well, they're not here in St. Louis anymore, so we don't have a football team, I don't think. But enjoy the Cardinals. Enjoy the Little League. Enjoy these things, sure. But just be sure to keep Jesus first. That's... That's what, that's what, that's what this is all about. Because if you don't, I tell you what, you could be, the, the word, it, it could get, you could get choked and never produce any fruit. Okay, now, I think you get what I'm saying. So I've seen lots of people just choked by the cares of this world. You know, the cares of this world. There's things in the world we gotta take care of things. We do. We got, there's things we gotta take care of. But we should just, just let those cares and you know, become things we have. There's things we got to do, but I tell you what, uh, uh, I've heard people already say, you know, well, I just don't have time for church. I got so many things I got to take care of. You know, God's given all of us 24 hours in a day, seven days in a week. And I've learned this a long time ago. If you'll keep God first, he'll, there's, he'll make plenty of time for you to get the other stuff done that you need done. And uh, there's nothing so important that it's more important than Jesus. You understand that. And so be careful about the cares of this world, the cares of this world, the desires for other things. Oh, my gosh, because many have been choked and have never produced fruit. Now, let me let me close with this. Let's go to let's finish this up. Mark four, verse eight. But other seed fell on good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up, increased and produced some 30 fold, some 60 and some a hundred. Now that was the parable. Now let's look at the explanation. Mark 4.20. But these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word. Accept it. And bear fruit. Some thirtyfold. Some sixty. And some a hundred. Now this is the group you want to be in. You want your heart to be good ground. So when the preacher preaches the word. The uh, word goes forth. You hear it. And you uh, you, you, you accept it. You meditate on it. You, you ponder it. You try to find more out about it. You have depth about you and you let that word go deep down into your heart. Absolutely. And you keep Jesus first. You keep that word first and you don't let the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches or the desires of other things enter in to choke that word in your life. And I tell you what, in the process of time, won't happen overnight. You don't plant the seed, you know, on a Monday and have a, have the, the plant fully grown on by Tuesday. No, you don't. See how powerful these parables are? Let's learn. See, a lot of people want to plant a seed on Monday and they, they're, they're frustrated because they don't have a full, fully grown plant on Tuesday. <laughs> it takes time. Spiritual realms the same way. But... I tell you what, if, if you let that word get deep in your heart 
and you'll, you'll act on it, you'll receive it and act on it, in the process of time, it will produce fruit, sub 30, sub 60, and sub 100. And this is not talking about the hundredfold return of you give a, a dollar and you're supposed to get back a hundred. <laughs> that's, that's not, that's, that, that hyper prosperity teaching is not in line with the word of God. Yeah, it just isn't. But this isn't talking about, this is not the context of money. This is in the context of hearing the word of God, accepting it, acting on it, living it, and then fruit will be produced. Well, what fruit is it, Pastor Terry, if it's not money? Well, uh, what about in Galatians? I think it is uh, Galatians chapter 5 or chapter 6. It, one of those two chapters, it talks about the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. See, that's what these good ground Christians are producing is that kind of fruit. That kind of fruit. Absolutely. And I believe in financial prosperity. But a lot of times people get, as I said, they get caught up on money. They hear hundredfold and they're thinking money. No. You, know, you hear the word of God. And you, you, you accept it. You don't, don't be in one of these other three groups, but you be in this group of good ground. You let your heart be good ground and you'll produce the fruit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. My goodness, who doesn't want those? I sure do. Glory to God. Look at Matthew 13, 23. Matthew's account of this, but he who receives seed on the good ground is he who hears the word and understands it. See, I explained to you what that word understands means in the Greek text last week. But he who hears it, puts it together, studies it, ponders it, who indeed bears fruit and produces some a hundred, some sixty, and some thirty. Talking about fold there. Glory to God. And then Luke eight fifteen, Luke's account says, but the ones that fell on the good ground are those who having heard the word with a noble and a good heart. See, that's what it's all about, the heart. Not your blood pump, but your, your spirit, your spirit man, the real you. The, the hidden man of the heart, the Bible calls it. You're a spirit being, you possess a soul, you live in that physical body. Your heart, talking about your spirit being, the real you down on the inside, uh, who lives inside that physical body. And keep it. Have a good and a noble heart. Keep it and bear fruit with patience. See, we have to hear the word of God with a good and a right heart. And keep it, accept it, understand it, put it together, study into it, inquire about it. And in the process of time, you'll bear fruit. It's interesting that, listen to this, it's very good. There's four groups of people that we talked about. The wayside, the stony, the thorny, and then the good ground. Four groups. But the fourth group, of, of the four groups, there's only one group that produces fruit, which we've talked about. Now think about that. And in that group, that fourth group, the good ground, he talks about some produce 30 fold, some 60, some 100. So in that fourth, there's four groups in that fourth group, in that fourth group, there's, he talks about 30 fold, 60 fold, 100 fold. So in that fourth group, there's only one out of, there's a third, put it that way. There's a third of those people. There's four groups. Out of the four groups, there's only one that produces fruit. And of that group that produces fruit, there some 30, some 60, some 100. There's only a third of the people that produce fruit produce to the full. So having been a math teacher, I can tell you that, that, that one out of 12 people 
one out of 12 people, or we could say eight, uh, approximately 8% of the people that hear the word of God are going to produce fruit to the full. Now you think about that. 92% of the people, and I think this is, and, and this, this is what Jesus gave in this parable, and I've lived this out. I've watched it over, over 30 years of ministry, of pastoring among all different kinds of people. This is, this is, this is right on the money, right? Accurate. There's, there's only about 8% of the people that a preacher preaches to, that a pastor preaches to. There's only about 8% of the people that hear the word of God and produce to the full. Now you think about that. I want you to be one of that 8%. I really do. I want you to be one of that 1 in 12 people. So that's about 8% of the people hear the word of God and produce to the full. I want you to be one of that 8%. How do you do that? How do you do that, Pastor Terry? Well, again, I'll review and close. You hear the word of God and you don't be by the wayside. You, you ponder it, you think about it, you take notes, you study your notes, you, you, you get study books, you do whatever you have to do from, from good, good authors and things that you, you study and you find out what the scripture is stay, saying. Be a stay after Christian. Ask your pastor about things you don't understand after the service. Huh? Come on. So don't be a wayside Christian, but, but, but hear the word of God and, 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 and study it and all of that. Ponder it, meditate it. Do that first of all. And then have depth about you. Be a person of commit, commitment. Be, be committed to that word. Don't just hear it and receive it with gladness, with no depth. Have some depth about you. Be a, be, have depth of heart. Depth, be, 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 you know, depth of heart. All right? So that Because if you do the word of God any length of time, something's going to come up. You know, like that sun, when the sun was up, something's going to come along to challenge that. Well, you have depth about you. Have, be rooted so nothing, the Apostle Paul said, none of these things move me. Don't let anything move you off that word. And then, don't let the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches or the desires of other things enter in and choke that word. Okay? I tell you what, don't let that happen. You have to make a decision to keep the word of God first. Above the cares of the world, above the above riches and possessions, above any, anything else, whatever it is, whether I used sports teams a while ago, but you could use cars, you could use houses, you could use jobs, you could use whatever, other people, relationships, whatever you'd want to substitute in there. Don't let anything be more important to you than Jesus. And then hear the word of God with a good and right heart and keep it, do it, and have that good heart about you. Be be in that fourth group and do it with all of your heart. And then I tell you what, in the process of time, you'll produce a hundredfold and you'll be full of love, full of joy, full of peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And God will bless you financially too. Amen. So, hey, this was Jesus's most basic parable I trust it's been a blessing to you. I trust you've learned something. Now, don't just hear it, but put it into practice. Don't let it just go in one ear and out the other and all what I just said. Now, you know, you know, don't be in one of those three bad groups because you can do it with this parable too. Don't let it happen. Be that fourth group. Take this word. Think about it. Ponder it. Ponder this parable. Ponder the parable. Ponder the explanation. 
and produce to the full, okay? All right, praise God. Well, if you're out there today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, I want to invite you to repent of your sins and accept Him into your heart as your Lord and your Savior. The Bible says whoever calls on the name of the Lord Jesus with that repentant heart will be saved. You'll miss hell. You'll make heaven one day when you die, and He'll make your life worth living in the meantime. So call on His name right now. You'll be glad you did. And by next week, I don't know if you can tell it or not, but I'm going to try to have that light fixed. Okay, God bless you, and we'll see you next Sunday, and we'll pick up and move on with uh, with some other parables. And this is going to just, I think, get better and better, richer and richer as we go. God bless you. See you then. Bye-bye. <laughs>